Welcome to the AI Chat Podcast. Today on the show, we have the pleasure of being joined by Dr. Harvey Castro, who's an esteemed physician, entrepreneur, and former CEO. He's known for his pioneering work in integrating AI into healthcare management and his role as a strategic advisor for um, people looking to implement ChatGPT and other AI tools into healthcare. Super excited to have you on the show, Harvey. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, you know, like I mentioned, really excited to have you on. I'm, I have to say, like, when I cover AI, one of the areas that I'm the most uh, excited about, I think, is kind of AI and how it, like, integrates with healthcare. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show today. Anyone that listens knows I'd probably say that at least once a week whenever I cover some sort of healthcare topic. I'm, you know, super excited whenever there's some sort of AI that's, um, you know, helping with drug discovery or really anything. I just feel like healthcare is such an incredible area that uh, impacts everyone in the world so deeply. So what I would love to kind of kick this off with is I'd love to hear from you, um, you know, give us a little bit of your background, your journey, what inspired you to kind of get started on this in, in healthcare in general, and then tell us a little bit about how AI plays into that and, and when you kind of started getting involved there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yeah, well, thank you. So I, I, I hate to go way back, but I'm going to go back to the first iPhone. Um, okay, I'm an no ER board certified physician. I've been a doc for over 20 years and I was coding a patient and I was in the emergency room and I told the nurse, hey, we need to start this uh, IV drip. And she's like, one second doc. She got a textbook out, started going through it and verified the dose and said, okay, we're good. Let me get the medicine. And I'm looking at her like, whoa. Like, I know this person's dying. Like, we, we have to, we can't be taking minutes. We need to do this in seconds. And so, again, I'm holding the first iPhone and I thought, you know, I wonder if I taught myself how to program an app and I can create something called IV Meds and just help people, you know? Like, uh, it wasn't even looking for money. It was just like, hey, we need to save lives. And so I made really a, a simple app and it went viral and went in the top 10 in the world. And then fast forward, I'm playing with ChatGPT and it happened to come out that day. So I lucked out and I'm playing with it last year. And I thought, holy cow, this is going to change medicine. This is going to be so different. So uh, the nutty professor that I am, I was like, I'm going to write a book and tell people that if they use ChatGPT in healthcare, they're going to be helping. And so I literally wrote the first book on ChatGPT in healthcare last year, got published uh, January 1st of this 2023. And uh, long story short, since then, I've just been obsessed with AI. Um, and then I, every time I put my, my doctor hat on and I'm like, oh, my God, we can do this as a doctor. And then I put my, I'm just like really just all in, like any kind of update, 
that anyone has, I'm like all in. So I love having like listening to your show because, you know, there's different things and updates and different theories. And I just put the doctor hat on it. And so fast forward, um, I, it started just as a public service announcement, like, hey, let me help out docs. Let me help out patients. And all the books behind me are all the different books that I've been using AI and leveraging AI plus medicine and kind of explaining how it could be used out in the world. And so I'm really, really stoked. I know that's a lot of information, but wanted to kind of give you a good background. No, that's amazing. That's so cool. And uh, yeah, first off, amazing you were in ChatGPT day one. That's incredible. You got that book published uh, January 1st. Um, obviously, you 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 had a, some some amazing ideas probably already kicking around that uh, all applied into everything you're seeing. Um, tell us about uh, tell us about some of the response to that book that you've written. How has this been received in the healthcare industry? How do you think overall AI is kind of being received in in healthcare? Is this odd as a thing? Are people concerned about it? Well, the, the first thing I can say is at the beginning, people were like, chat, who, what are you talking about? I have no idea. And they looked at me like I was some just crazy person talking and they literally had never heard of it. So I was the first person to introduce it to them. Um, from a community point of view, obviously healthcare is very uh, conservative. Um, there's issues in healthcare that it, it's not like if you pick the wrong stock, you lose some money. No, if you do the wrong thing, someone will die. So the stakes are really high. Obviously, there's a lot of ethical issues and and uh, pushback and and something new, you know. Um, to date myself, when I was in medical school, uh, doctors, one of my attending doctors would tell me like, "I hate Google." There's all these people that come in with Google documents, and I'm like, "Well, fast forward now, it's not Google, it's ChatGPT, doctor, that's coming." <laughs> and so, for better or worse, I thought I need to educate because I don't see this as a bad thing. I think anything can be a bad thing if it's used incorrectly, but if you use it correctly, I, I really think, you know, like your Tesla car could kill someone, but if you use it right, it actually uh, prevent accidents. Um, so anyway, big picture, it's been received with mixed feelings. I, I feel like some doctors have been as bold enough to tell me, it's like, you know what, if this is incorporated in my hospital, I'm retiring, I'm out. I'm like, wow, that's one extreme. Uh, the other extreme, I, I love talking to residents and um different entrepreneurs in the sense that they're like, oh my gosh, I could use this to teach me medicine or I could use, you know, like one example that I, I give, I, I personally clone my voice and have my own podcast. And and my point is this, you could, in theory, summarize some parts of medicine on your drive to the medical school. You can put it in your phone or whatever way you listen and learn medicine that way. And that's something quick that you can use Gen AI to help you, you know, learn medicine. Um, some of the, you know, I, I call it the bell curve. We have early adopters that want to like, hey, how do I do it? And then we have these that are just kind of standing back watching on the sidelines to see what happens. Um, this year, I know it's been crazy. We have had it from A to Z. And then every time we think we're catching up and then OpenAI comes out with, you know, more stuff that's out there or other companies. So I'm really stoked about that. That's fascinating. Something I'd love to ask you about is like, in everything you've seen so far, what are the areas in AI and healthcare that you're the most excited about? Like, what are the areas that you're like, oh, I know, like, it, it obviously impacts a lot of areas. There's disruption everywhere, but tell, give us some of your top top picks. Yeah, that's a good question. So, I, I'm I'm a big educator. I, I think on two sides. On the patient side, we're going to see more education, and then on the doctor side, we're going to see education. In medicine, believe it or not, every 30 days, our medical knowledge doubles. So I would literally have to be reading medical journals 21 hours a day, every single day, just to keep up, which no one can do. 
Um, obviously, that's why we do different specialties because there's no way you can know all of medicine. Even though you have that MD or DO, that doesn't mean you know everything. That just means you know that area. And so how I see ChatGPT, I, I really see it as with all that data coming, why not use GPT to help us with summaries, help us with instead of reading, you know, a 30-page document on the latest study, then read a summary. And if that looks good, then you can go in. And I know there's already services like that, but the ability to be able to just take any document, upload it, and then have it have a conversation with it. You know, I may not want to know all these specific uh, parts of the article. I may just want to know certain things. So now I can just upload it and just have a conversation and I can maximize that. Uh, instead of reading it for 10 minutes, I may only need two minutes and really efficient and get what I need to get out of it. And so big picture... I'm just stoked about that. Now, on the patient side, man, I'm really more stoked because I feel like now patients can be empowered with GPT. And I know some of my colleagues hate when I say that, but the way I see it is the following. Just last week, uh, GPTs have been uh, announced. And for fun, I just created my own GPT that literally my goal is you take this with you with the doc to the doctor. And so when the doctor's talking mumbo jumbo about X disease or Y disease and the patient really doesn't understand, the average time with the doctor is only 13 minutes. But what if I empowered you with your own GPT that you could ask the doctor, hey, you said diabetes, this and that, I don't understand. And then GPT is able to listen, converse, have a conversation, educate you. And then the doctor can be there saying, you know what? It's hallucinating. You know what? This isn't correct. You know what? ChatGPT did a good job explaining this. Uh, there's been some studies, and I know you, you probably have said, seen this, where they're saying empathy is better in GPTs than a doctor. And so that tells me there's a lag here. And why not leverage the latest technology like the one I just said um, in healthcare? I love that. Um, I, I'll say like even for myself, like I've seen a, a number of studies or reports. There was one that came out recently about uh, there's a woman who her, her child had had like pretty severe health problems for a very long time, went to tons of specialists, was not able to get the solution, finally went to ChatGPT, plugged in like all the symptoms, like tons of stuff, and it was able to accurately find a diagnosis. They went to a specialist, it was confirmed, they put down a solution, and she was like blown away. I'm not sure what it is, and I, I would love to get your thoughts on this. Um, my my wife, is a, she's constantly self-diagnosing herself with, with everything. Uh, but maybe it's a common thing today uh, for people to do. But uh, the greatest thing for me is that um, instead of every time, I don't know why, every time she goes to WebMD, the, the answer is she has cancer. Uh, every time she, and, you know, done lots of tests, she does not have cancer. She's, she's doing great. Um, but for some reason, WebMD, whenever you put your symptoms in, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of extreme examples that'll give you. When she goes to ChatGPT and like says, hey, like I'm feeling like, you know, my hand is tingly and there's like, oh, well, I don't know. Whatever her, her symptom is, she puts it into ChatGPT, and all of a sudden it's like, oh well, it's possibly this. It's probably not cause for alarm. You could look at this. It, it's like, and it, it uh, it's helped diagnose like things. So like, what is the difference in your mind? Why is a tool like ChatGPT doing so much better than? I mean, I hate to say you know doctors or specialists like that wouldn't had, but I mean that is an extreme case. But even something like WebMD, right? This is kind of the, the precursor, and you could assume that a lot of the knowledge. ChatGPT was trained on aim from WebMD when they scraped the whole internet. How was it able to more accurately diagnose something than articles or blogs or sometimes doctors? Uh, no, that's a 
Really good question. Going back to that case, that poor child had gone through 17 doctors before it got a diagnosis and a diagnosis with tethered core syndrome. And how does that happen? Um, I think it's it's tough to say. I, obviously, I don't know the particulars of that case. I wasn't in the room. But what what ends up happening is different doctors see things filtered in their specialty. So I'm an ER doctor. So to me, everything in life is an emergency. Everything I'm biased towards, you know, worst case scenario because that's what I see. Whereas if you, you know, I have a good friend of mine, he's a pediatric cardiologist and he claims there's all these pediatric cardiology disease that if they caught it, it's the cardiologist. And so my point is this, ChatGPT has all that data and it has more data than, Med, uh, you know, MedCal or MedMD rather. Uh, or all those med consult, all those different websites, because it has the entire internet. But what they did smart is they uh, did reinforced learning. Now, they didn't put doctors to do, do reinforced learning, but they had so much other uh, data that they were able to compensate. And so why it does such a good job is I feel like to some degree it doesn't have the bias because now it's looking at it with all the lenses. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. As opposed to my filter lens that I see everything this way. Now, is one better than the other? No. In my book, I look at it like this. AI plus doctor is better than just doctor. And then doctor is better than just AI alone. Um, because the doctor, you know, there's it's something called the art of medicine. You know, there is a true art. Me seeing you, there's things that uh, right now ChatGPT is not quite there. Where like if I see you and I see you, your voice changes or uh, the inflection or something you do in your eyes or you look away, I'm able to pick up on those things where ChatGPT takes it for what it is. So if you start joking around with it during the interview, it's going to go down another path because it's, you know, you may be saying certain things and I know you're joking, but ChatGPT will be like, no, that's that's literally what I heard. And so there's some nuances. Um, the biggest scare for me personally, this is one of the reasons why I went out there writing the book is I'm personally worried, especially people outside of the United States that can self-diagnose, walk up to a pharmacy and say, you know what? I have this disease. I'm going to take this medicine according to ChatGPT, and it's something wrong. They don't. They have that emotional trauma that they think they have cancer, or that they take this medicine and they don't need it, and they end up, you know, shooting their liver or something. You know, that's my personal worry. But, but I think there's a balance. I really think it's doctor plus AI together will give you a, a better yield. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, that's so accurate. And I think you bring up a really interesting point that I'd, I'd love to dive into, which is. Even in the, in the United States, there's a healthcare worker shortage. Like it's something that you know a lot of uh, hospitals and whatnot struggle with. Um, but in other countries, there one you know there's indisputably uh, that shortage. And so 
What impact do you think a tool like ChatGPT AI is going to have on other countries? Do you think that people will, like you mentioned, like, is this going to become a common thing where people are going to just go to ChatGPT and beyond just a shortage, right? Like, let's talk about countries with very low income, like going to the doctor might be too expensive for someone when they're like, look, I could just use, you know, this AI tool. It's going to do a good job of diagnosing. What do you think the impact globally is going to be, uh, especially outside of the United States? And I love this question. This brings up ethics biases. Uh, I'll start with the biases. Obviously, we studied the entire internet, but it's really using a lot of information data from research here in the United States. And the token size that you understand this well, it's not going to literally translate as well. So I'm going to pick a country in Africa. If they start translating, it's going to be less tokens because the words don't translate, the theme, and then there's some hallucinations. Now, the data is different. So if I say breast cancer, these are the treatments, that population in Africa is going to be different and it shouldn't be treated the same and it's going to have some biases. Now, what's going to happen in the future? I, I love looking at this iPhone because I think this is going to be your doctor one day. It'll be all here. It'll have enough of the basics. Like I see a future where uh, Apple has, or, you know, this has put 34 million parameters on the, the newest iPhone. So I see in the future CPR will be on this. So if you're in the Grand Canyon, there's no Wi-Fi or internet cellular service, it'll still tell you how to do CPR and help save that life. How is it going to happen? I, I talk about this a lot, and I think personally Africa is going to start seeing things before the United States because pros versus cons. Um, we got areas of Africa that have zero health care. Um, there's no doctors. And so I really do see a future where, you know, Elon Musk satellites are out there and Africa is going to send maybe some PAs and some big vans so people come in and they're able to interact. And that'll be their healthcare. That will never happen in the United States until that happens outside in the United States. And then there'll be some internal pressures to happen here. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the future is going to be interesting. I, I, I don't think it's, I think we need our own models in our different, different countries. And so to make it more home here in the United States, um, the data that I collect here in Texas is nowhere near the same as the illnesses and populations that are in California. And so why use the same AI for the both? So I think the future will be what's called federated learning, and we're going to have our own data from our own hospitals, and it's going to be that that's going to be the AI that's going to be very local, but specific and more helpful for that population versus another. Yeah, I, I love that because I think in the future, that's where it goes. We're going to have thousands of AI models that are specifically, you know, geogra whether it's geographically based or topic based, like they'll They'll have special data sets uh, that they'll, they'll go very deep in on areas. So I think that's fascinating. One question I'd love to pick your brain on is, you know, you mentioned the power of having AI plus doctor and um, essentially how those work together. Great. This is also something I've heard in a lot of different industries. Like, so I went to a conference, an AI conference this summer in uh, Las Vegas, AI4 conference, and like it had the top executives from most of the four, a lot of the Fortune 500 companies and, and the people in charge of implementing AI there. I heard the same line from a lot of them, which was um, AI is not going to replace your jobs and using AI will. And they kind of like cling to this, like it's all going to be okay. Now, in my pessimistic view of this, and not even pessimistic because I'm not sure this is actually, I'm not going to say whether this is actually bad or not, but I, in, in reality, I think a lot of jobs will just be completely replaced by AI. When I just think that's going to happen inevitably. In the case of doctors, you know, you mentioned a doctor kind of has the ability to see you, to hear you, to hear the inflections in your voice, to see like that. You know, your 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 skin could go 
like for me, you know, if I was super sick, I might go super white or super red. Like there's, you know, there's like visual cues and stuff. But with ChatGPT rolling out GPT for vision and, you know, being able to listen with, uh, with audio and, and that aspect of it, do you think we ever get to a place where, whether it's ChatGPT or something else, maybe specifically trained on medical data from your geographic location that's the most accurate? Do you think we ever get to a place where AI completely replaces a doctor's visit? My personal take, I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's going to be economic. I think that we're going to have another tier and I think people will start signing away their, you know, somewhat rights and say, you know what, I'm okay with paying this and I'm okay with using a robot. And for these type of medications or these type of medical issues, I'm okay using AI, but I will sign away a waiver that if it messes up, if I die. And I think because of the economics of healthcare, I think it'll push people to that level. Now, that's an extreme example or statement, but I want to show you, and you'll relate to this example. You know, the average nurse is about 54 years old with 20% of that being about 64, uh, 20% of that being 64 and up. Now that tells me we have an aging nurse uh, issue. Now, obviously we're short on doctors, all of healthcare. Now listen, you know this well. Now, you know, uh, OpenAI has ChatGPT4, and yes, you're right, the vision and all that stuff. And I just read a study this week that talks about, um, nasal in the sense that it can you can map out all the different uh smells and now ai can recreate those different smells and the chemical reactions so technically that's just going to be another world right there and then another thing to what you just said um my voice this camera literally you can rick up this this whole conversation and say okay what's my average sugar what's my age what's my blood pressure just with this feed that we're throwing right now so now imagine all those things that i said and we throw it into a robot that you know that OpenAI has invested in robots and that should be coming out here in the next few months. So imagine you took that robot, you put the eyes of ChatGPT 4 or 5 into it and now I see that as my assistant. I see that helping our nurses. I see that bringing medications. I see that robot going into the room and saying, hey, are you okay if the robot's with me? And then it's looking at you and saying, oh yeah, his sugar's this, this is that. And then um, educating you. So maybe you speak another language and I don't speak your language, but I'm talking to a robot and say, hey, translate this to this language and explain this. And and he's from South America and let's use these examples. And it goes into the database and says, okay, these are the examples. Because if I start talking U, uh, US football, they'll be like, what? You mean soccer, right? And so things like that, that the robot's able to do. And so I really think that is going to be the future in healthcare. It's not going to be me being replaced per se. It's going to be more supplemented. And then to your point about losing jobs, I call it the great shift. Yes, there will be lo jobs lost. And it's not going to be a one-for-one, -one, meaning, you know, one person lost, but there's going to be a new job. Some industries might be a 10-to-1, some may be a 1-to-1, -one, uh, but some may be more of a supplement. In healthcare, you know, for example, dermatology. Let's say I had this big spot that it was cancerous. Most family doctors don't want to mess with it, and they'll just send it off to the specialist. Now the specialist is overwhelmed, and if you really have an emergency, an emergency a really big issue in dermatology, the dermatologist has to go all through stuff that really shouldn't have gone there. Well, now with AI, it's going to make me better. Say I was a family practice doctor and I have this technology, and now I'm going to be sending you things that are the top issues. That way, now the shift has occurred. Now you're only seeing, you're not seeing all these patients that you used to. You may call it, that's a revenue issue. But at the same time, I could argue that it's like, no, now you're really seeing what you need to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. Uh, there, that's actually something I talk a lot about. You know, um, Tesla is making Optimus, the humanoid robot, 
you've got Boston Dynamics, you got all sorts of these these robot uh, robots coming out, and pairing those with AI is going to be huge in so many industries. A lot of people that don't really think about the impact of AI. Um, if you have humanoid robots, you you essentially have electricians and plumbers and welders and like that can do it at the exact same level as a human once you train them. And you know the training methods are there. Essentially, you just have a human wearing like a full body suit doing the task, and there's sensors all over. It transfers the data to the humanoid robot. It can now do the task with the same fluidity. So it's going to be really fascinating to see where this goes. Um, Harvey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, uh, listening to my wild questions and uh, responding. Um, as we wrap up the show today, I would love to ask you for one piece of advice you feel like um, you could give to maybe just general listeners thinking about uh, healthcare and AI. And then maybe if we have any docs, you know, specifically doctors or people in the healthcare industry, uh, what, what's a piece of advice or something you feel like you could share with them? Yeah, well, we didn't plan this. I'm going to bring up my prop. These are the new meta glasses. And uh, these are transition lens, so I can go outside and you know these glasses. But for people out there that don't know or not are just listening, basically these glasses, I can take pictures, videos, but they're going to start adding um, in the spring of next year a way of using, um, taking a picture of something and saying, hey, how much is that car? Or in medicine, hey, I hear my discharge instructions and I don't understand them. Help me look at them and translate them. And so my point is this. My tip to everyone is embrace AI look at your vertical, see how it works. And then instead of being scared of it, take it and see how that can make your job better, how you can improve patient care for those doctors that are outside. And then for you to improve patient care is twofold, is the way you speak to patients, your empathy, help it pick the words for you, your mannerism. But then on the education side, I challenge you to start using that to help you. Now, you, you've had that experience with medicine, so you know if it's hallucinating or not. But let's like riding a bike. Get on that bike and start using it. Love it. Thank you so much, Harry, for coming on. Incredible advice. Also, those are cool glasses. I'm not going to lie. That's the first time I've seen someone wearing them in real life. So that's super cool. Um, to the listener, thank you so much for tuning in to the AI Chat Podcast. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to Arby's book that you can find um, if you'd like to... Uh, learn more about what he's talking about there. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.